so much happening in the parish at the moment. It's so exciting, so exciting to be part of. And we are expectant as, as a church family for all that God is going to do in and through us this year as, as a church. We're expectant to see men and women, young and old, encountering Jesus for themselves. And it's that good news that compels us to go into the world. So just before I start, I just love to pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the power in it that these words are literally breathed out by you. These are your words to us. And I pray uh, that we will come to your word this morning with reverence, with a, a respect, and also a hunger. A hunger to hear what you would have say to us. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you work in each and every heart in this room, that you will be speaking, and that we would be responsive. We just ask for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So for many years, I've had the absolute privilege uh, of being involved in a ministry in the Black Sea in Romania. Um, working uh, with uh, gypsy children and Turkish gypsies and street kids. And really the goal of that ministry um, is to get these street children into school. Uh, many of these children otherwise would not go, um, then they would just be on the streets. And so over the, year, over the years, my involvement in that ministry, we've got to see many children actually go to school for the first time, and they're the first in generations and generations and generations of gypsies to ever have an education. So that's been super amazing to be part of and also getting to see these children give their lives to Jesus and their parents as well. And so one year I was out uh, on a team there. I was out for a number of months and a team from England uh, came along for a couple of weeks and they came to build a play park uh, on the grounds of our facility. So they brought poles, they brought swings, they brought all the components they needed. They even brought someone from Northern Ireland who knew how to weld, which was amazing. Um, and so they were going to build this fantastic play park just simply to bless um, the, the team out there and the kids and the deprived community that we were part of. And so the team set to work in scorching conditions. Uh, so foundations were dug uh, and this beautiful play park was put in place. And so the team left after, after two weeks and the kids were let loose on the park. And the rains came. And when it rains there, you, you know it's raining because <laughs> uh, they have thunderstorms and really, really heavy rain. And so within about two weeks, the park was absolutely ruined with the swings and the supports coming up and out of the shallow foundations. The foundations were simply not deep enough or solid enough to withstand the onslaught of all of our street children who were playing on it constantly. We're talking early hours in the morning till late at night because uh, their parents just let them do whatever they want. Needless to say, the team did return uh, the following year and rebuilt the park with sturdier and deeper foundations than before. And I can say that it's a tremendous blessing to the community there. Having the right foundations in place in our lives, and no matter whatever, whatever we try to do, whatever we try to build, it's so, so important. 
And this week, as we look at another one of our values, which is teaching, we want as a church family to lay a positive and sure foundation in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. As a church here in Bangor Parish, we want to say that the Word of God is an absolute non-negotiable to who we are. And in the Church of Ireland, our chief theological source, as it were, is the Scriptures. Everything else, tradition, reason, our own experiences are secondary to what's in this book and in submission to what's in this book. So it's super, super important to us It's a real part of who we are here in the parish. And so Matthew is a gospel writer. He has a real focus on how Jesus brings a new way of life when we come to know him personally. So Matthew, in many ways as a book, is it's not really written for people who are considering becoming a Christian. It's written primarily for new believers or people who are already following So really, it's a manual for discipleship. And he shows that there are blessings for being in the kingdom, and there are as well demands placed on us as friends and followers of Jesus. So we must view Matthew as well as our friend today in helping us to lay solid foundations in our lives. So the reading that that Johnny read for us this morning, it's one of three pictures in the Sermon on the Mount, which is a long block of teaching that Jesus uh, delivers. And it's the third of these three responses that looks at how different people responded to Jesus and his message of the kingdom. In other words, what it looks like to lay the right foundation or the wrong foundations. So we skip back to verses 13 to 14, we read that those who enter through the narrow gate, in other words, through Jesus, find the road to life. And that that's a life of eternal quality, something that Nigel spoke about last week. And as well, it's a life in all of its fullness. And then skipping ahead to verses 15 to 23, we read about false prophets and how through their poor choice of foundation, how it leads to bad fruit or bad results in their lives. So if we dive into our first two verses, 24 to 25, we read, therefore, everyone, so absolutely anyone who hears these words of mine, these words of Jesus, and puts them into practice, makes habits, makes healthy rhythms in their lives, is like a wise man, Remember, wisdom is different than knowledge. Knowledge is facts and figures and things up here. Wisdom is knowing what to do with that knowledge. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So I think... One of the things that really stands out from this section in the passage is that hearing and doing are are two very different things, but they're they're pretty much connected. And this stands to reason. So um, some of us are really selective in our hearing and our doing, and I'm seeing too many spouses nodding at this point. Um, Yeah, um, kids. 
as well are a great example of this. Um, so they've heard that don't climb this, and they still climb it. And they've heard that don't eat this, and they still eat it. Um, so hearing's actually the easy part. Most of us are capable of hearing. Most of us are capable of hearing Jesus' teaching and coming away with head knowledge. That's the easy part. And so people who link hearing Jesus with a positive response towards him, people who make healthy habits of, of doing what he says, are a very different kind of people who merely just hear. And I want to suggest that as a church family, this is what we should be aiming at this year. Not merely to go away from this place on change, but actually be thinking, well, how can I make healthy practices and healthy rhythms of doing what Jesus taught? And you might say, this life that Jesus teaches is utterly unattainable or unreachable, and on our own strength, very much so, yes, it is. But Jesus assumes in his teaching that this kind of life, this life to the fullest, is available to his disciples. Dallas Willard reminds us, these words from Jesus show us that it must be possible to hear and do what he said. It also must be possible to train his apprentices in such a way that they routinely do everything he said was best. So there must be a way for us to develop these things and build these things into our life as patterns that will last. It's about making practices. And Jesus, he isn't just speaking out of thin air on this one. Uh, he's building upon a foundation himself uh, regularly in the scriptures. Um, it speaks of how those who listen to God and respond are like those who lay the right foundations, who lay solid foundations in their lives. And they're regularly shown as people who actually live the most powerful and effective kingdom lives. For example, in Psalm 127, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. And Proverbs, if you ever read the book of Proverbs, it constantly goes on and on about this idea, this imagery of laying solid foundations in our lives. For example, Proverbs 12, 7 says, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. To live a life that is responsive to Jesus and laying the right foundation is going to require some effort on our part. And let's be clear, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we should strive and go into this works thing because we're saved by grace through faith. It's not a thing of merit. But yet those who have genuinely encountered the person of Jesus also have a response to make. James, in his book, makes this really clear. And even in Luke's account of this story of the man who built his house on the rock, he actually adds a little detail, so the man actually digs down deep into that foundation of the rock. There's something that the man, the wise man, does. And as a church staff, we can't choose this for absolutely anyone in the church. We can't do this for you. It's something that's going to require a wholeheartedness on the part of absolutely everyone here. And it's often a sustained choice through time. 
And yet, when we make these choices in our lives, the results are absolutely stunning, beautiful, eternal, wise, and good. I want to say, what would it look like this year if we took Jesus at his word and believed that he's actually wise enough to speak into absolutely every area of our lives? And what if we actually responded accordingly? I imagine that our lives would look unshakable. That we would live lives free from loneliness, fear, anxiety. We'd have constant peace, constant joy. We would do marriage better. We would do family life better. We would love our neighbors more effectively. And we would do mission better ultimately. Who wants that today? Because I know I do. It's good to see some hands. We'll get a yee in a minute. Um, so moving on to verses 26 to 27, we then see a total contrast in this story. We read, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell down with a great crash. And so the storm uh, in this passage is symbolic of a couple of things. It's symbolic of the final judgment that we will all face. And it's also symbolic of, well, when life happens, when difficulties and challenges arise. Disciples of Jesus do not fear when these things come along because they've built into their lives. They've built their lives on the bedrock of Jesus' words. They built practices to respond to these things when they come along, and they've built their lives totally and utterly on Jesus. I think the significant word in this account of the the sandman, as it were, is that his house falls with a great crash. The wrong foundations, not building upon Jesus, leads to a mess. R.T. France, one of the Uh, Main thinkers in the study of Matthew comments, the result of a spurious or superficial discipleship will be a total collapse. In our church halls, uh, we've been readying a a clothes ministry to distribute clothes uh, to some of the most vulnerable uh, in our town. Um, We're super excited for that. And um, one evening, a couple of weeks back, Um, I joined the guys in the team who've been helping to make that a reality, to help them make some shop fittings. And so we opened one of the boxes for these shop fittings. uh, And they were so well packaged, these things were, well, we couldn't find the instructions initially. And we couldn't find the Allen key to put them together. And um, so what ensued was maybe an hour of of me and Jill trying to put these these shop fittings together. And they were wonky, and they were falling apart. And I was getting laughed at, and I was laughing. And it was... It's hilarious. And then we find the instructions in the box. And so that, that helped. And then we found the right tools. And what resulted was a sort of sturdy shop fittings. I'm not great with my hands, so it was still a bit wonky. But um, what resulted was something that was at least fit for purpose, was fit for putting clothes on for this ministry. And so the Sandman essentially is someone who does not believe in following the manuals for life. He's someone that does not believe in going to the architect, learning under him, 
as apprentice the skills and tools to live the kingdom life. I think it's worth mentioning, church, that my aim this morning is not for us to go away thinking or feeling like I'm saying, you guys are bad. You need to go read your Bible more. You need to go and pray more. You need to be here more. I'm not saying that. Although all these things are good, and some of you here, you know, you could do well to do that and bed bed that into your life. But I'm not saying that. What I am saying, however, is when you teach children or adults to ride a bike or swim, you don't get them into a room and say, you ought to ride a bike. You should ride a bike. It's a good thing. Don't get them into a room or guilt them into, into riding a bike either. You don't say, you're a failure if you don't ride a bike. What you actually do is have a go at it. You practice it. And so what I'm asking, however, is are we being intentional as a church in putting things into our lives that will result in us carving out more time to read the scriptures, that will result in us engaging with church community more, that will result in a life of prayerfulness? Are we betting things in that will will result in these being very natural things for us? For instance, a few months ago, and I've shared this with the church before, I realized that I'm especially weak at resting. And these are things that Jesus taught and modeled. And so I recognize that telling myself I ought to rest more probably isn't going to work in me resting more. Um, but one of the things that, that helps me as a practice in trying to disengage is I try and switch my phone off at least one day a week. That's a discipline, that's a simple thing that I'm doing, and the end product is actually, hopefully, that I'm a bit more rested. For some of you, you're thinking, oh, I'm a bad neighbor, I should be witnessing to my neighbor more. Uh, And you're, you're beating yourself up. Why not do something really practical as a discipline to bed that into your life? One of the things I was thinking of as I was preaching this morning is, um, why don't you put away somebody's bin for them at the bin collection? That's a simple way. It's a routine thing of communicating to your neighbor that you're watching out for them and that you love them. For some of you who struggle with fellowship or engaging with other Christians, perhaps it's setting yourself the discipline of being here every Sunday and maybe even joining a life group for accountability. And for those who really struggle with personal study or reading the Bible, maybe it's thinking through maybe the right time for you. For some people, morning isn't the right time. I'm a morning person, so it comes really naturally. Some people are evening people, and that's probably the best time. It's thinking through the right places where you can, you can kind of be at ease and at peace to read your Bible and the right methods. I've been speaking to many of you over the course of the years I've got to know you, and one of the things that many of you have found really helpful has been downloading the Bible in One Year app to your phones. It's been a real, real helpful tool for you guys. Um, so perhaps that's you today, and this is your first time hearing, hearing this. There's a great app um, where uh, Nicky Gumbel goes through the Bible in a year, and it's really helpful if you want to get into that pattern of regularly listening to Jesus and his word. I think as well, many of us today, 
in the 21st century, we're building on a wide variety of foundations. We often have a pick and mix spirituality where we, we take the palatable words of Jesus and leave out the teachings that are maybe a, a little more difficult, a little more challenging. But Jesus is really clear here. Um, you're either building on rock or you're not. And we have a choice to make as well in terms of how we listen and respond to, to absolutely everything. And so in verses 28 to 29, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as one of their teachers of the law. So I think it's really interesting that to the crowds, it wasn't even the content of Jesus' teaching that was that compelling. What was really compelling to the crowd was that Jesus had this kind of authority, this transcendent authority when he spoke. As they saw Jesus going above and beyond the law, interpreting it, teaching it as though he was the one who gave it, oddly enough. The issue here is all about the authority and the identity of the preacher. People who build the right foundations into their lives, who listen and respond in the right way, aren't the super holy. They're simply people who have recognized exactly who Jesus is, his unique identity as the Son of God, and they've responded accordingly. There are people who have come to the conclusion that Jesus' sayings aren't a collection of humanist ethical niceties, but they're the actual words of God, words to stake one's life on, words to live by, a cause to live and to die for. I think in order to build our lives upon the rock in verses 24 to 25, it must flow completely from who we have recognized Jesus to be. And so I want to ask us a question as a church and, and even of myself, is Jesus merely an adornment to your life? Is he, is he like a necklace that you put on maybe on a Sunday and take off or you put on particular days or times? Something that we put on, someone we get catchy sound bites from and ignore the rest of the time? Or is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? So I want to get really practical as we come in for a landing now and look at responses. And my first question, we always want to give people the opportunity to respond to Jesus. So maybe you've come here today and you aren't a friend and follower of Jesus. Jesus isn't the foundation of your life. And, and time and time again in the scriptures, it speaks of Jesus as this cornerstone. Jesus wants you today. He wants to... Um, he wants you to be in relationship with him and we want to always provide that opportunity for people. So perhaps your first step today is to put your faith and trust in Jesus. We have a wonderful team um, who uh, meet uh, normally over here and over here and they, they are the prayer ministry team. They would love to stand with you and uh, talk you through uh, that process this morning if that's you. Um, and we really, really would urge you to respond to that. It's the best thing that you will ever do. I can guarantee that. And many of us here can guarantee that as well. 
A second response today uh, could be to choose to build your life on Jesus' teaching by thinking through, well, what exactly are my, my strengths maybe in my walk uh, with Jesus? And maybe what, what are my um, blind spots? So as I mentioned, for me, Sabbath, rest, solitude, they're real areas of weakness in my life that as a disciple I want to grow in. Um, and yet there are other areas in my life that maybe, maybe I gravitate towards. So I, I, I love to pray and I love to read my Bible. So that comes more naturally to me. So maybe it's thinking through today, well, what are my strengths in my journey and what as well are my weaknesses? And not being hard in ourselves in a kind of religious way, just being real as to where we're at with God. And finally, we should be asking maybe, well, what are the disciplines and practices that I can put in place today or this week or this month or this year to make the words of Jesus, make doing the words of Jesus come more naturally? How can I make healthy habits in my life rather than go away, oh, I'm, I'm terrible at sharing my faith or oh, I'm terrible at loving my neighbor? Maybe it's actually finding ways to bed that in to our lives course, we can only do this in partnership with the Holy Spirit. So we'd love to pray for more of the Holy Spirit to come and fill you guys. But maybe it is engaging with a spiritual discipline. Maybe it's engaging with silence, solitude, fasting, frugality, doing things in secrecy. Maybe it's finding someone you can confess your sins to. Maybe it is those things of study, prayer, being in regular Christian community. A really great website, if this is something that interests you, is the practicingtheway.org website. It's a great way to begin to engage in those healthy habits. And as well, as I've mentioned, there's the Bible in One Year app, which so many of you are really thriving in at the moment. Um, And as well, we'd also really recommend a couple of books if you want to explore, well, what does it mean to actually learn from the teachings of Jesus but actually respond? There are three great books that we'd recommend you. The first is You Are What You Love by G.M. Smith. It's a really, really good read. The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard and Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline. They're just really helpful in terms of making sure that that teaching doesn't just remain here but actually comes to here and to here. So they're really, really great reads. We'd recommend that. So as we come in for a landing, the band are going to come and worship some more, and as well, the prayer ministry team are going to be at the front. So if any of those responses apply to you, we really would encourage you to come forward and receive prayer ministry. I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you uh, for your word. I want to thank you for the power in it, and I pray that we would go away from this place encouraged, encouraged that we can actually do this thing, we can live this Christian life in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we can make healthy habits. Be with us this week as we go back to normality, as it were, in our schools, in our places of work. Would you use us? Would you inspire us? Would you encourage us? Would you give us vision as to how we can put these words into practice. We just ask for all of these things in your name.